Hello and welcome back to the Relationship Matters podcast. We believe relationship matters from humanity to nature to the larger whole. I'm your host, Katie Churchman, and in this episode, I'm talking with Ors coach and agile expert, Terence Turpin, about micromanagers as a voice of the system. Many managers who are dealing with cross-functional teams can all too easily fall into the habit of micromanaging. They're now removed from the products that previously led to promotion and are now suddenly expected to focus on the people. They find themselves stuck, still looking to be tactical as opposed to working relationally and systemically with their teams. As coaches, as opposed to trying to fix the individual manager, we need to look at the systemic structures that lead to micromanaging and consider what's driving that behavior. Across the episode, we discuss the biggest challenges for change for functional managers, how we as coaches can help them to fill the role differently, and how to help managers shift from products to people. Terence Turpin has over 20 years of experience in technology and software development, and is also a CRR USA staff member. Terence blends team coaching, supporting teams in clarifying, aligning, and co-creating as a diverse but single entity, and agility coaching, establishing healthy states of flow across an organization by coaching for alignment in structures, processes, environments, and relationships. Terence believes that the coaching process is one that generates understanding and alignment for the client, their environments, and those they interact with. So without further ado, I bring you Terence Turpin. Welcome back to the Relationship Matters podcast, Terence. I'm delighted to have you back on the show. Thank you. It's great to be back. Yeah, and I'm very excited about this title for the topic we're talking about today, the micromanager as a voice of the system. I love it just because every company that I have worked at, every time we've done an agile transformation, somebody always brings up the manager. And how many times I've had somebody come to me and say, can you help fix my manager? (laughs) She won't leave our team alone. Is always coming in, asking where everything's at. And we're supposed to be a self-led team. And it comes up inevitably almost every transformation. Yeah. And and so considering them as a voice of the system feels very systemic, but not easy. It's obviously a a systems viewpoint to hold everyone as a voice of the system, but it, it must be quite hard to hold the micromanager as a voice of the system. Yeah. What I've found I've had to do is be able to stay a step back mm-hmm. from the system, from what's going on, and just kind of ask the question, why are they micromanaging? What's leading to this behavior? Nobody likes a micromanager. Nobody wants to micromanage. And so when I hear that, the first question that I've started to come to is, okay, why are they behaving this way? What's driving the reactions? I was talking to a manager, a friend of mine, just last week. And I go, so how's your guys' transformation going? I got the long pause. Got the, how much time do you really have? And I asked her about, as a manager, how's it working out? She goes, it's ridiculous. She goes, they want me to leave the team alone want me just to be a personnel manager. However, my bonus, my evaluation at the end of the year is all still determined based on how the team performs, how the applications work in production, but I can't have any say in how that works. And so immediately there was that frustration as a manager that the system's asking me to do two different things. Hmm. And so the system's sending a mixed message 
And typically, whenever I have conversations with managers who are being accused of being micromanagers, there's normally something else going on that's leading them to react that way. When you said about sort of taking that step back, it made me think that I'm sure many micromanagers are being micromanaged by their boss. And so it's sort of systemic in that way. And it's the culture quite often that creates that, that micromanaging. In regards to your friend, I can totally see why she would be that way because her whole evaluation is based around being a manager and it doesn't feel like sort of taking the step back and being the systems leader really gets sort of seen and celebrated in that evaluation protocol. Exactly. And with their applications, their software has issues in production. One of the first people that gets called up to ask, where's it at? Is that manager, particularly as the organizations are transitioning and the leadership's not knowing how to reach out to the team, who on the team they need to talk to. And so that that manager's stuck right there. Hmm. Okay, how do I respond? The opposite of the micromanager, what I also notice frequently is the manager that goes completely hands off. So they're going through the transformation. Someone says, you know, you need to stay away from the team. It's a self-organizing team. You need to let them determine how to work. So those managers completely disappear and don't provide any of the insight that they have from their experience to be able to guide the team while still balancing the support that the team needs. Mm. It's made me for the first time really empathize with the micromanager to use that that name to cover all of this Um, because obviously there's a scale here but you can sort of see why certain people and certain cultures create those kind of managers because it's a behavior that's rewarded quite often. It's rewarded and also if you start digging deeper into the manager, you see all sorts of patterns coming up. There's the, why did they go into management? I know when I initially went into management, my motivation is I wanted to have more influence over the direction that things were taking. And I got tired of, again, the decisions being made before they reached the team. And so I wanted to be able to influence those pieces. It wasn't because I wanted to be a personnel manager. And most of your managers, that's similar reasons why they go into management. Mm. They're looking at it from a career progression. They're not looking at it from a people perspective. And now when they go through an agile transformation, they're being asked to you know, be a personnel manager, but stay away from the application. And those applications, the technology was where all their expertise was at. And now they're being asked to not use what their strengths are to step away from that. Then you'll see things, what were their experiences in other situations? For example, do they have teenagers? What happened is they started to give their kids more freedom. Did they go completely off the rails and run wild? Well, now that's what they're imagining is going to happen with these teams. If you allow them to determine what's going to happen, you'll just have chaos. If their kids took a hold of that responsibility, all of a sudden, that's what they believe their teens are going to do. Or more likely, how did they behave when they were a teenager Mm. or when they got their first taste of freedom? That's what they think their teens are going to do. And that's always kind of fun to kind of surface. And Yeah. And I guess we do quite often respond to what's going on through our biases and our experiences. And so it's interesting that you bring it back to that family example, because we know what we know. And if that's been our experience of leading in the past, and now we've been thrown into this management leadership role, maybe we don't want to give them the power. That's the muscle memory that we build up. And back to our amygdala, that's how we start responding. Whenever we see that situation, just the reaction, same as if 
you know, we were being attacked. We just have the muscle memory that will respond. And that's what the managers are doing based on the environment around them. So I'm wondering, what's the biggest challenge for change for these kind of managers? There's a couple of things. One of them is the mixed messages that they're being sent and how to decipher or how to communicate to the organization that they're receiving different messages. So going back to that example, you're setting all my performance goals based on how well the system performs the applications. However, you're telling me I need to stay away from them. Uh, And being able to raise that, no matter what your level, being able to tell your boss that, okay, they're telling you two different things. Which do you want? Also to the teams, communicating downwards, how much support do you need from me? And how do you want me to be hands-on, hands-off? And being able to have that conversation with them, particularly if they've never empowered their teams before. Yeah. The other challenge I see is as the larger organization, when they start the transformations, they're doing the dreaming of how do we want to work in the future? They jump to how do we want to implement this? How should the teams be working? But almost nowhere have I seen them addressed from the beginning. What's that role for the managers going forward? Mm. Giving them some direction of what does this transformation mean for them? How do we get those managers to be aligned with the transformation so that they're supporters of it and the needs that they have are being met? So all those concerns that that manager has when we're going to have self-organized teams, I don't have my same promotion pass because now I'm just a personnel manager. I don't manage the technology. They have a lot of fears going into this. A lot of things that they're dreaming up is going to happen. Mm. And there's not that space made for them to come to terms with what's happening there. How do they want to be with that transformation? And because that space isn't made for them, they start acting it out as they go forward. And so some of that comes back to the transformation as the organization. Let's set up the environment. Let's, let's create the space to help all of our managers go through the edges as we're doing this. But they tend to just get forgotten, be like, well, you're a manager. You're supposed to be more responsible. I saw that recently with the group that was being set up. And you had a director level who would derail the meetings. And the big piece of it was, in my opinion, he still had a lot of the edges that he had to work over for himself before he could even have a conversation with the rest of the group. And until that space was being made, he was disruptive. He was kind of antagonizing the environment. And so you had to create that space just to come to terms with how do I want to be with this change? How do I want to support it? Or do I just need to find something else because I can't get behind this? You've really helped me to understand the the land of the micromanager, because I guess until this point, I've not necessarily stepped into their shoes. And they're in a system that has been rewarding historically their transactions and now they're being told to be relational and yet the system might not necessarily support that it might be more of a surface level thing you're now in this sort of new management role but we're still going to reward people for getting things done and you can see why they're apprehensive to really honor and own that role yeah we want it to be the way that idealistic version (laughs) however we still want you to deliver everything you've already done yeah yeah you can see why they feel pulled because i'm sure in many ways it does feel quite empowering to be a leader, a manager of people. But if you're not fully given the space to do that or a system that supports that, then you know how can you really step into those shoes? Right. And a lot of the times it takes a different personality to be that personnel manager and really support the growth of the teams versus that technical manager hmm. who knew the applications, knew the systems, was that expert 
in whatever domain they're in, software or not. I'm wondering with regards to these micromanagers, it feels like a bit of a harsh term and I'm glad that we're sort of creating empathy for this space. But if someone shows up in this way to say a coaching session, how can we help them to fill this role differently, this role of manager? So depending on who I have in the room, and who the conversations are with, I'll have the teams have a discussion and it's tough for them to have, but what do they need from their manager? Mm. What does the manager need from the teams for them to feel comfortable? I, I think on the last podcast, I had mentioned something, I've done this exercise with 13-year-olds, with their scout leaders. And it's almost the exact same conversation of as a team member, what support do you need from your managers? What do you need to see from the team? And so some of this is just creating a designed manager alliance mm. between the team, between their managers of how do they balance that? If I'm working just with the manager, I'll do some work around the edge theory. So really naming what are those concerns that they have moving forward so that they can recognize what's there as well as some ghost work. For them to understand, I'm driving this way, even if my goals have changed, because I got scolded in previous reviews because I was too hands-off. And so now I'm making sure that's not the case. And so I'm reacting based on this previous ghost. Or going back to the teenager example, because my kid or I myself was a wild kid when I got the freedom and this team's going to go chaotic, just so that they can name it. And then they can determine how do they really want to react with that and be more conscious. I can see now why you say you step back initially, because you really start to see the the wider systems in play, not just in terms of the company culture, but as you say, the the family system and those past experiences that are impacting this behavior. Yeah, there's particularly as of more intuitively gained an appreciation for the wider systems, all the things that are coming at us that are shifting how we see things. When I have the conversations, particularly when I have others are bringing up that conversation of get my manager off my back, you know, and they start normally giving some bad names for their manager doing this and that because they don't leave us alone or someone else is saying it. If I'm hearing it from them, I can step back easily. If I am being micromanaged, it can be tough because you're in that moment, you're seeing it. And so you're reacting. And unless I have the consciousness to notice myself getting tense, noticing the irritation and having that awareness be like, okay, there's something else going on here. Let's shift this so that it's not about me and them. And what else is going on here? Mm-hmm. That's tough to do in the moment. Yeah. And I- I'm wondering, sort of building off that, how can we help Say we're working one-on-one with the manager. How can we help them shift from products to people and still feel like they're adding value? Because particularly in these big corporate structures, as we were saying before, there might be a surface level sense of relational over transactional, but really still those bonuses are driven by the doing side of the work. Right. Some of it's helping to think, how can they multiply their value? So an example, probably about a decade ago, I was managing a team And I was also responsible for leading a pilot of bringing Agile into the organization. And they were doing great. And at one point, I'm sitting at my desk going, if anybody notices what I'm doing or what I'm not doing, they're going to realize they don't need me. This team's being self-organized. They're doing all the day-to-day stuff themselves. And I sat there for several weeks at my desk, just kind of like looking over my shoulder going, I hope nobody notices this. And I was... I was frozen, wasn't sure what I should be doing, how I should be helping the team. And I'm the guy that's helping to lead the pilot and the team's doing what they need to be doing. 
but I was still very confused there. And it wasn't until I started looking at it of, well, what is the team not doing that's three steps ahead? How can I start laying the groundwork for them so that whatever we needed to be doing, I could bring that information down to them and give them the options of which paths do we want to take? So they still had that operational control, but was helping to pave the way because they were doing the day-to-day work. What did we need to be doing tomorrow? What did we need to be doing in a couple of weeks? And so working with managers to help see that how they can get ahead of the team and help supporting them that way. It's a shift that for many at the manager level is difficult because they're used to working and managing the day-to-day operations. Yeah. And now you're asking them to think a little more strategic, being two, three steps ahead. And they haven't been trained in that. They haven't had to do that previously. So that's a big shift into a new primary for them. I want to highlight the photo you've got on your wall behind you. It's from the moon, isn't it? Looking at the earth. Yeah, the Earthrise photo from Apollo 8. Yeah, that really speaks to what you're talking about because it's a a shift in perspective. It is. And it's something I'm actually excited about with all the private space launches going up recently to take tourists, even if it's just wealthy tourists, to go to space. Frank White has a book on the overview effect. And what they talk about is the psychological shift that astronauts have. So when you look at the astronauts that went to the moon and they saw the earth no bigger than their thumb, what that did to them cognitively, you have your astronauts that go to the space station that's you know 250 miles out. They stay there for three months. What's the effects it has on them when they see earth, when they see the storm systems moving across and how it changes them? There's a quote by Michael Collins, I'll paraphrase from his book, where he talks about, he goes, the sun rises in the east, sets in the west, right? It's baloney. The sun doesn't move. And he mentions by him having gone around the moon, he goes, he was very actively aware that the sun doesn't move. And when he was driving and he would see the sun in his eyes, he wouldn't say, I wish the sun would sit a little bit faster. He'd go, I wish the earth would rotate a little bit quicker. And by having that wider systems view, you know, he thought differently about how did the earth work? How did the rest of the, the systems? And so what I always think of is like with our managers, if we could zoom out further and look at that system in motion, how would that change how we see things operating? So and now instead of seeing them being a micromanager, we can see these other forces that are pushing them into the team, pushing their behavior to irritate the team, which then causes disruption on the team, causes turnover because something outside was pushing on them. Yeah. And I guess we want to empower them to hopefully step back to the moon, as in your picture, and not be in the team always so that they can see sort of that bigger picture, that wider view, three days, three steps ahead, as you were saying. So they're not just in the doing of the team. Yeah. And even if it's not going out to the moon, it's going to the space station. (laughs) Exactly. That's more doable, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's such a powerful image. And I think it's, it's really useful when you think about these managers, because when they're in it, it's very hard to see that wider perspective, that wider view that's going to help the team as a whole. And when you mentioned your your example, it felt like a middle path between micromanaging and hands-off. And I'm wondering, would you call that systems-inspired leadership, that space in between? Yeah. I mean, I definitely was not thinking that at the time. Mm. It was just how to support the team, but how to balance that. Yeah. Because really that's what it was doing. It was 
looking at it from a greater system and helping its evolution mm. instead of just helping it work the way it is today to helping with its evolution as it's moving forward to as it's improving and how it operates. So what's your hope, Terence, for the future of management? I think it's more for the systems around it, the people, their leadership, their teams, to be more cognitive of the behaviors that any of us have when we're working within an organization. It's not just how we are behaving and how we're showing up every day, but it's how the rest of the organization is pushing us. It, I have a 7 a.m. meeting and I know how that meeting goes is going to set a lot of my attitude for the rest of the day to the point where several times I've even like, can we move this meeting till later in the day? Because there's too many points in there that may trigger me. And, you know, so how do we set up our systems to support the managers? How do we set up the support we give them instead of just overlooking them, particularly when they're one of our most critical roles in our organizations, even if we have self-led teams? Hmm. I think that really loops back to the title for today, the micromanager as a voice of the system. And it's made me really empathetic for that person, that role. And there's a real sense of, I guess, the 2% truth, sort of, you know, what's the the use in what they're saying or doing? And also, as opposed to thinking about it as who's doing what to whom, what's trying to happen here in that bigger, wider system? Yes. Well, thank you, Terence. This was hugely helpful. And I'm really going away and think about sort of the, I want to say those micromanagers loosely in my life, but I really have a sense of sort of empathy about sort of their experiences, what they come with, but also the system there that perhaps isn't supporting them to be a different way and stepping back to the moon. And once you've started thinking that way, every time you start hearing that micromanager, Hmm. at least for myself, I've started to just, huh, what else is going on here? And allowing the curiosity to take over. Yeah. What's going on here? And what is that person coming with today? Because we all have our other systems going on. We don't come to work in a vacuum. We have all those other things. And I think we have a sense that we sort of like shut all that off when we join a work call or we go to the office, but it's just not the case. Right. Right. Well, thank you so much for today, Terence. This was brilliant. Very useful. Enjoyed being with you today. Take care. Great. Thanks. Thanks to Terence for that thought-provoking discussion around micromanagers as a voice of the system. My key takeaways are as follows. When we come across someone who is micromanaging, it can be helpful to step back and look for the bigger picture. Why are they behaving this way? What's driving their reactions? No one likes a micromanager and no one actively chooses to be a micromanager. There is normally something else going on in the wider system that is leading them to react that way. Many managers are told to be personnel managers, and yet their bonus and personal evaluation is still determined by how their team performs and how the applications work in production. This can be frustrating for managers, as the system is asking them to do two different things. The system is sending them mixed messages. The opposite of a micromanager is a manager who is completely hands-off. A manager who believes that the team is self-organizing and completely disappears. Quite often, these hands-off managers fail their teams as they don't provide any insight that they have from their experience to guide the team. A lot of managers go into management from a career progression perspective as opposed to a people perspective. When they go through an agile transformation, they're being asked to be a personnel manager and to step away from the application. 
but the applications to the technology was where all their expertise was at. Now, they're being asked not to use their strengths and create value for the company in a very different and new way. Great managers hold the bigger picture for their teams. This can be difficult for many managers, particularly those newer to the role, as they are used to dealing with the day-to-day -day operations. Yet now, they are being asked to think strategically and think two steps ahead. To find out more about Terence's work, do check out crrglobal.com. For over 18 years, CRR Global has accompanied leaders, teams and practitioners on their journey to build stronger relationships by focusing on the relationship itself, not only the individuals occupying it. This leads to a community of change makers around the world. Supported by a global network of faculty and partners, we connect, inspire and equip change agents to shift systems one relationship at a time. We believe relationship matters, from humanity to nature to the larger whole.